welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's good, fanatics? Welcome to Sports Carnage, along with Paul Roshan, Ryan Griffin, AJ Riley. I'm Matt Basson. Got a full show dedicated to the one and only sports thing we know for damn sure is happening, because next week, the NFL draft, in a weird-as-hell way, is going to happen. So we have got insight, we've got detail, we've got research. We don't have any of that. But we got a lot of talking that we're going to do anyway and oh, make it look like we know what the hell we're talking about. Paul is definitely have... going to make it sound like he knows what the hell he's talking no, about. No, don't even say he doesn't. we don't have research. So y'all enjoy AJ is that working because so hard. Paul is guaranteed to make it sound like he knows what the hell he's talking about when he doesn't. But Paul, you want to jump right take offense this? to that because in the last five minutes I have done That's more research than I've saying. done. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. AJ's working so hard and you're going to tell these people no research stop it it's not that i'm working hard i'm just like i'm actually kind of listen and i say this this is not opinion this is fact with no research and with whatever knowledge you believe any of us have any one of us could run this draft better than bob quinn oh guaranteed not debatable so whatever whatever value you take out of this other than more draft content just know that I promise you, whatever we decided to do would be better than whatever Bob Quinn is going to decide to do. Oh, there's no doubt can, about that. Especially because it's going to be it online. It sounds like it makes sense. We'd be in our element. But you know how many <laughs> fantasy drafts and mock drafts I've done? Bro, I'm ready. We need this. We need. We need. We need the the social media person. The Detroit Lions social media person needs to be in the room. He needs help. I guarantee he does. A shit ton of fantasy drafts, and I will take that over anything Bob Quinn has ever done in his life. It is proof. Bob Quinn is absolute proof that experience does not make you good at a job or a good fit for a job. Like you hear that in elections a lot. People talk about experience, and oh, this person's done all these kind of things. He's going to make a great state rep. No, it doesn't mean shit. Bob Quinn spent, I don't even know how many decade or whatever it was in the Pats organization. Look at him. Look what he's done here. All we've done is take cast off Pats and overpay them. Ridiculous. Good thing we didn't overpay Brady. Well, I, we probably would have if we had a needed quarterback. I, in fact, I, well, no, Brady wouldn't have come here. That's, that's the thing about free agency is the players have a choice, which is the great thing about the draft because they can't say, I'm not going to Detroit. They don't have, well, they could pull an Eli, but it's not likely. It's highly unlikely. Well, the, Generally, this, we take them, and they're just going to come play for us, which is nice. The state of Michigan always getting passed over for somewhere warm. Can we stop? <laughs> Can we stop? No, this is an NFL draft podcast. Look, he, I mean, he made... Okay, can I just can I just throw out the no. ridiculousness of mock drafts here for a second? Oh yes, I have. I'm I'm working on this mock draft through PFF right now. I traded the Chargers our third overall pick at, with the Lions for six seventy one two twenty, and then a twenty twenty one round five. And at that six, was a really terrible trade. I just want you to know that. 
I don't care. I, it got accepted, and it gave me more picks this year to improve our team. I think that's Bob Quinn's motto. I don't care. But, but my goal is from six to then trade back, but Chase Young's still on the board at six. Oh, but, stop it. That's so a like, bad that's so a like bad how draft do, simulator. That's, that's what I'm saying. Good. Like, how do I? How do you trade down from that? Well, Other than the fact that, that like, position, but it's right. That's right. just throw that one out. PFF, shame on you. Like that, you have Burrow, Isaiah Simons, Tua, Akuda, and Jedrick Willis going before him. It's not good. Like, do I even continue with this or what? It's like if uh, no, no. And why if, is that a really Josh bad Allen trade? Would have, by the way, would have fallen to eight last year. That's so two third round picks. Because two third round picks is not enough for me to move back that far. Like I, I need a first or like three seconds. Like, dude, um, I got a first, a third, a f- six. Like the third overall our... pick this year being one of either Tua or a generational pass rusher. Like regardless of which it is, which if Young was available, the Lions would pick him. They're not going to trade back in that situation. But the, yeah, the so pick it's not this Tua year, or a generational ta- pass that, rusher. That's what you think. Chase isn't going to be there. Because what? Chase isn't going to be there. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what's I'm, ridiculous about this. There are people. I, I I'm not among them, but there are people that think two is going to go at two. Let's go, baby. So it's if not Chase me. Young is there. That's the only chance. That's the only reason I don't want the Lions to trade out of the third pick. I would still trade out of it. I would absolutely Hell, still trade I out would, of it. I will take a generational pass rusher. Chase Young is going to get you a boatload of pick. So Chase Young is great for the five years we have him. That's it. I'm not paying him $30 million yeah, but next a year, year after. after next, co- next year's draft, we get with Trevor Lawrence. Years Two years <laughs> after that, Stanford. we're in the Super Bowl. I, I would love to get Trevor Lawrence next year, but we're not. We're going to be just good enough to not get Trevor Lawrence. And that no, makes we're not. Sad. We're not going to be close well, to getting Trevor Lawrence. Not even a little bit. Well, if Stafford gets hurt, like game one. He's been playing with a bl- broken back for the last two years. He's going to get hurt. I doubt it. Because yeah, but even Chase Daniel is better than Jeff Driscoll. Last year. And uh, who else? Uh, David okay. Blau. So, <coughs> so I just did this again, and I got Miami to trade five twenty-six. This is already off the forty-one. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I keep going. Just keep going. AJ, AJ is AJ's so, so much fun. into this. <laughs> you should like, never show me this. He's going to be such a draft geek by like next year. <laughs> yeah, you Just in time for the 2021 this. draft. AJ, we need focus. I'm focused. Go. I, I don't I, believe you. I can hear I you my, clicking more trade yeah. offers right now. I have my concerns about um, Chase Young and his attitude. I don't think it will affect his draft stock, but I think kind of the way that he went into the combine is going to affect and why people probably believe he could fall off from number two. I don't think he's – he's not going to fall past three. Actually, I'd bet a million dollars he doesn't. But Well, they said no what, team past three even interviewed him. <laughs> like, what concerns no point. me – what concerns me more than Chase Young himself – is any team that has a ton of holes but has a quarterback has no business picking in the top five. None. There's just no reason for it. Good thing Trade we don't have a quarterback. Your ass back. I-, I will cut you. Stop. 
Stop. You were trying to derail the podcast. We are five minutes in. It's you. You were trying your best. You didn't even let Matt talk about the topics yet. What topics? Did Matt even try to talk? He literally threw it to me immediately. (laughs) That's because you interrupted his intro. I... Not really. What do you mean, not really? <laughs> to get to give props. That's to fake news, Ryan. That didn't happen. Get a paragraph in. <laughs> to give props to AJ, not to start discussing the topic. That's different. Because we don't common. know what the topics are. Because Matt didn't get the same yet. The topic is the NFL draft. Matt was very clear. I was clear about that. Very clear. Well, where do you want to start, Matt? Oh no! Don't throw it back to me now. <laughs> Matt already threw out the paper. <laughs> I want to hear more of AJ's, you know, fake draft. I don't. He I'm told me. He spent he an hour and a half just analyzing, like, AJ's mock draft and picking it apart. The fake okay, draft. so here's where here's where I've landed so far. All right, I traded <laughs> back with Miami and got the 5th, 26th, and 140th, plus a third rounder next year. Then I traded back with New England. Hold on. From what did you give up to get that? The just, third overall pick. Just that. Yeah. That's traded, so now I don't think we could get that much, but that is much more what I'm talking about. So, but so then at 23, I drafted Jonathan Taylor, and then because I traded from five with New England and got the 23rd pick, the 87th pick, and a oh yes, 2021 round six, and then at 26 here, I was going to go for an edge player and get. Epen, Epen, whatever the kid from Epineza. Uh, I was Navis. Yeah, Epineza or whatever. It's so good. You're so rude. I don't know his name. I, don't. I always so, got two first. So those are year. your first two, 23 and 26. And now we're at 35. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. I want to know this Jonathan Taylor love. I mean, you know, this guy has been fantastic at Wisconsin, running behind an offensive line that's better than the ones the Lions could have in their wildest dreams. Meanwhile, a running back out there that would be more suitable to run behind the no offensive line the Lions have would be someone like Cam Akers of Florida State, who has been running behind no offensive line his entire college career. He's prepared (laughs) for this. He is ready to run behind the no offensive line that Detroit has for him. absolutely nothing. So, Jonathan Taylor, if – he didn't have the production would be jaw dropping his size, his athleticism, his top end speed. There is no hole in him as an athlete. There's no hole in his game. He's agile. Well, that's he's, good. Cause there's no hole for him to run he's through behind Detroit. He's extremely fast. He's strong. He will run you over. He'll run through you. He'll run around you. He'll run past you. He literally does it all with the ball in his hands. And you talk about these offensive lines. Well, how much did these offensive lines benefit from having a simplistic scheme for blocking? Because make a hole for Jonathan to run through, he'll find it and go off for 80 yards. This year was an entirely new offensive line for Wisconsin. Five new starters. Entirely new. You think that five brand new starters that had never started in college football before didn't they, benefit from having a running back like Jonathan Taylor. I'm not going to say they've been eating butter since they were two weeks old. Line. They're not, but they're trash. <laughs> but to act like he's a product of his offensive line is absolutely absurd. It is I didn't such say a, he was. an insult. And I look at all the other look at running backs. Any running back from the program, running backs that have been very good. How many of them ran behind great lines? A ton of them did. 
Like, it's not like these, these guys are running behind bad lines. Running backs go to schools that produce good offensive lines because they're not stupid. They're like, right, if I want to the league, didn't. <laughs> Cam Akers went to a school that used to have good offensive line. He thought they Florida were State hasn't had a good offensive line he in five years. Good. I was born in it's the dark. It's not like you, he you looked great at Florida State. <laughs> it, it, I, I'm not giving – that's like Ryan goes to a shit school – or, or let's just draft some jerk-off Division Two athlete because he plays by the crap offensive line. Like, I, you don't you don't make a guy a better athlete than it is because he's stuck behind a bad offensive line. Like, yeah, if you think a guy's good, you can say that. You know what I mean? His offensive line didn't do him any favors, but there's no comparison between the two athletes. Look at them in space when their line has nothing to do with it. I, there's nothing. Like, yes, I agree 100%. Cam Akers would have ran better at Wisconsin than he would have at Florida State. But he doesn't touch Jonathan Taylor. Not even But I'm close. saying, this man ran for over 1,000 yards in 11 games this year with no offensive line. First of all, you can't say no offensive line. Oh, of course I can. It is still an offensive line full no, of it's blue a, yeah, chippers. That's fine. It's in, the same, in the same sense that the Lions have an offensive no, line, that's not, which is no that's offensive dishonest. line. That's dishonest. It's not that dishonest. Is, there's, Florida there's State has had a there. miserable offensive line for years. I mean, all they got to do is lay down and get in the way of somebody. For... <laughs> they have had one of the worst O-lines in college football. And Cam Akers topping 1,000 yards, running behind it. Well, I That's mean, the, in 11 games. The case for a guy like Cam Akers or Zach Moss or whatever is you can get them later than Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins, who me and it sounds like A.J. likes better than Taylor anyway. And then in the second round, you can fill some of those other holes. I don't know if I like them better. I, I, I think that in a way, look, Taylor I think is is a phenomenal back. So, Paul, I want you to hear me say that. I think that he is a very good back. Can that translate? I think it probably can translate. But if I'm having watched probably a lot more of J.K. Dobbins than I've watched of Jonathan Taylor, like, if I was sitting in that war room and those two were both on the board and let's say that I was able to trade down um, towards the back end of the first round or even in that, you know, very early second round and they're both still on the board, I have a very difficult decision to make there because I think that they're, they both, while Taylor probably will be a little bit more durable, I think that Dobbins probably is better adapted for the new NFL game a little bit. In what way? He's faster. He's not. Are you sure? 100%. I mean, he seemed a lot faster on the field than Taylor ever he's did. He's not. He's not even just, a little And I'm just, faster. again, I'm not going off numbers. I'm going off just eye tests of what I saw. So I, I, it's completely subjective, and I'm going to be very honest about that. Uh, he seemed like he was used more on the backfield for catching passes and things of that nature. Which I think suits him more, and and I'm not saying that Taylor's not a better back. I'm saying that I, I feel like they're closer to equal than people give them credit for. I I think I think Dobbins was one of the most slept on backs in college football last year. I don't think he was slept on. He was considered one of the best backs in the country. Like I don't know anyone that didn't think he was on. John, the only person I ever heard talking about him was Gus Johnson. J.K. Dobbins <laughs> is a true freshman. As a true freshman, set the world on fire. Like, everyone thought he was going to be the the best back in the country. Like, what he came in and did at Ohio State as a freshman when it was supposed to be Mike Weber's year. Like, it, it was huge. Everyone thought he was awesome. And he is good. He's really, really good. He had, like, seven yards of carry his freshman year. It's, like, stupid. Like, that's fantastic. He's a super good running back. That's fine. Like, I don't have any problem with you calling him a great running back. But Jonathan Taylor... 
has more everything. More production, better size, better agility, better speed, better toughness. Across, and it might be just a little bit here and there. Like, maybe he's a little bit faster than Dobbins. He's a little bit stronger. But he is, in every single aspect, is better than Dobbins, both in measurables and on the field. The only thing that you can say is J.K. Dobbins caught more passes in a completely different offense. It's not but like Jonathan Taylor. offense is probably closer to an NFL style nowadays. It's not like Jonathan Taylor can't catch the ball. We've I seen never plenty said of that. I know that, but that's what everyone's like, oh, well, we don't know how well Jonathan... There's plenty of tape of Jonathan Taylor catching the ball. He catches the right, ball. Right, but when you fine. look at Jonathan Taylor, you look at that traditional back where he's going to work on a team like a Minnesota he who has a Dalvin Cook. whatever right? you need. That's the thing. He has no limits. He doesn't have any holes in his game or his athletic profile. He did what he did at Wisconsin because that's what Wisconsin does. If you put him in another system, he's going to do that. Like, he legitimately does not have holes in his game. That's why it's mind-boggling to me to see where he's ranked. You've seen Saquon win. Well, what did Saquon go? Number two overall? Yeah. Right? He's not Saquon, but... God dang, okay. he is not okay. that far off. <laughs> I thought you were heading down that road. Oh, no, no, no. Saquon's, uh, Saquon's like, Saquon is the best college back I've seen this since I've been, like, super paying attention. Like, have I, you guys seen that clip of him in the Dobbins. Oklahoma drill? Anybody seen this? I think it was on TikTok where I saw it. Recent or old? Yeah, well, I mean, he was at Penn State, but... Um, I just saw it this week. They had him, and he was, I mean, it was incredible, the things that he did in a very confined space. He is space. incredible. He's insane. Just. I, and uh, he, he, he's just a complete package. He does what's your, absolutely everything. Maybe we touched on this a little bit, but, Paul, if you and Ryan, what's your dream scenario for the first round of the draft? For or us? Where are we like getting to that? Lions? Am I jumping ahead, Matt? I don't mean to. Jump uh, no, I mean I was just gonna rib. I was just gonna rib Paul a little bit on the whole uh, Dobbins and Taylor thing, and the fact that head to head Dobbins whooped Taylor's ass when they both went against good defenses, and Taylor doesn't really well, show up against good defenses. Do, do not... I'm just saying, it is the bad times enough. against Ohio State, it he is, rushed for a combined 200 yards. It is bad. At... Oh, 100 yards a game is not good. Not compared really to Dobbins going up for 335 against Wisconsin. Yeah, because they ran against each other. I forgot. Yeah, they were on the same side of the field. No, they both ran against good defenses. I mean, we I saw what Wisconsin. I don't know how many defense good defenses Wisconsin went up against this year. Didn't Wisconsin lose by like 41 of those games? Yeah, the first time. Because they, so they couldn't get the running, running game going. Do you think they were doing? Bum ass Jonathan how Taylor. Much That's do you why. Think they were doing? Yeah, they couldn't get the running. Yeah, Taylor, you know, slept. Unbelievable. Sleepwalking. Unbelievable. Character concerns. No, Paul, I think I think that I mean, look, is anybody gonna be upset if Jonathan Taylor ended up wearing the Honolulu blue? If no. Dobbins is on the <laughs> board, Jonathan Taylor will be. I mean he would be, yeah, completely he would be. <laughs> I'll be super upset if we take Dobbins over Taylor. But see, I don't know I don't think I would be. Like I, I that's where I'm saying like I, that's where I was going with that was like I Jonathan Taylor phenomenal back. J.K. Dobbins. Phenomenal just, back. Phenomenal, yeah, plus phenomenal one. back. You can like, say it again. Phenomenal back. So in college, they're both. I phenomenal just backs. I just want to throw this out there. So this is the most recent Ohio State Wisconsin game. 
J.K. Dobbins, five yards a carry. Jonathan Taylor, seven and a half yards a carry. Yeah, real comparable. How about the first game? I'll, I'll go back to that too, since you just want more. You just want to keep coming back for more. Unbelievable, dude. Hold on. Can I jump into this mock draft real quick on <laughs> Draft Network? How is Benjamin Victor available in the seventh round? I don't know who that is. The kid, the freak speed kid from Ohio State. Kid that torched who? every. Sorry, what? Benjamin Victor, the receiver from Ohio State. Well, there's a lot more than running past people in college than there is to freaking. Yeah, whatever. I just at, in the seventh round though, whatever. I'm done with these mock Can drafts. Can you return kicks? Are you? It, it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like it even at all. I anyway, had to so finish, you, I had so to you, finish you, one. You I asked started. about the dream scenario, and to me, the dream scenario is a lot more about what we, how we navigate the draft more than who we pick. Because I already know that we're gonna make bad picks. But, okay, so that's what I'm saying. It's a dream scenario, so talk about how you want it navigated. Like, in your best fantasy, this is how round one of the NFL draft will so go my, for the Detroit So Lions. my erection-inducing, almost changing my mind about Bob Quinn would be, <laughs> Bob Quinn trades from three to five with Miami. Okay. You... You pick, I don't care about the rest of it, but the bulk is you pick up their number 26 overall, first-round pick, and then obviously five, and you only give up three. So you're picking up an extra first round to move back two spots. <laughs> what? Oh, no, I, I'm just laughing at Jonathan Taylor's 2.6 <laughs> yards per carry the first time against this Ohio so State, while J.K. Dobbins averaged 8.2 <laughs> yards per carry. And don't oh, – by the way, they both had 20 carries, just to be clear here. Both teams – both guys had 20 carries the first time around. Yeah, so don't act like he got a boatload more than him. He didn't. Look, they both got 20. One average over to, eight. One average under three. That goes three. to exactly what we said, though. I, I think that they're like 1A and 1B as far as running backs in this draft. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some sleeper guys, but – I. Those two to me seem like well, the so it's the not even it's not even whether they're sleepers or whether there's what I just think there's Jonathan Taylor specifically because a lot of people think that he's going to be available early in the second, which I just think is mind blowing. Getting someone that good that late because you're not paying him a gazillion dollars if you pay, take him at twenty six. You know what I mean? Like you're mm-hmm. not. It's that the going falling outside of the top five, then the top ten. Like the contracts shrink quick, real quick. So you're not paying him crazy money. Like Saquon got like I think it's like a thirty million dollar contract somewhere around the twenty eight million dollars or whatever for like the first four years. Plus there's a fifth year option that's Google bucks. So it's a big contract for a running back in general. But then what if they don't pan out on top of it? Whereas if you get them at the back end of the first round. It's so much less risk, not to mention the draft capital that you're not giving up. So you trade back from three to five, and you pick up an extra first-round pick from Miami to do so. Then you trade back from five, but you stay around ten. So maybe you pick up an extra second round to do that, and then you draft Andrew Thomas, even more slept on than Jonathan Taylor. I don't understand how this man has fell just because a couple other old linemen like Tristan Wirfs put up kind of crazy testing numbers at the combine. O-line of all play. I mean, we always see these workout warriors shoot up in the drafts, right? And it's 
it makes sense on one point because the NFL really truly does have the best athletes in the world from an all-around perspective, like as far as their okay. the, the size, strength, speed combo, like all the things that you need to succeed in the NFL. It's really pretty crazy. So it makes sense, like the weight that we put on testing. But at the end of the day, you still got to be a great football player. And it's both. It really is. I hate people that say, oh, the combine's stupid. It's a waste of time. And I hate people that think – the opposite too that are all about the combine like it's it's truly a combination of both but andrew thomas has been by far the best tackle in football and another guy that to me doesn't look like a lot of holes in his game and some people are like oh because of his size he projects to right tackle blah blah blah, blah. which a is nonsense uh, if you are great in a position your size is not your limiter. Now, trend-wise, you say, yeah, left tackles trend this way, right tackles trend this way, guards trend this way, centers trend this way, as trends. But there's mold breakers all the time. I don't care where you put them, right side of the line, left side of the line. We need, badly need O-line help. Now, we badly need a lot of things, but we, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the last time we had good tackle play. And we've tried to address it. We gave Wagner a big contract. We drafted Taylor Decker. It didn't work out. We suck at it. I mean, just what we do. Andrew Thomas has fallen to where he is being taken in the teens. He used to be considered a top five lock, surefire, first tackle off the board. The only thing that has changed, really, is testing. And now because Tristan Wurst had an insane three cone and a couple other guys blew up the combine, suddenly they're better offensive lineman than Andrew Thomas out of Georgia? No, absolutely not. It's not like he's a stiff that can't bend, that can't pull, that can't get to the second level. This guy is phenomenal. So if you were to trade back twice, pick up a couple, another day one pick, another day two pick, and still get a guy that to me is an elite talent at one of your biggest positions of need, that would be a boss you know, don't be a weak little I, bitch, and then you'll still be top five. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I always am a proponent of addressing the trenches because I think that those are like those five guys on offense, and you know, depending on what defense, four or three guys that you play, um, I, those that makes or breaks a lot of your scheme, right? I mean, that's elementary football 101. So I'm I'm 100% on board with that. If you can't trade out of three because you're not savvy enough or teams just aren't interested, what are you doing? You said, you said if teams aren't interested in trading out of three? Well, I mean, they're going to be interested, but let's say that you just can't reach a deal because they're not willing to give scenario. up. Like, let, yeah, let's say that like Miami, for instance, <sighs> is not inter- is not willing to give up the five and the 26. You take Tua because the only way that happens is if teams don't think you have the balls to do it. You take Tua and force their hand, and then you trade him because absolutely your phone will be blowing up the moment you take him. Yeah, you take and now, Tua. And now you got the whole... There's now instead of one or two teams calling yep. you to trade up to that spot, you got six teams, eight teams calling you, and you can really drive that price up. Like, listen, you think now Bob Quinn would never do it. I'll tell you this right now, he doesn't have he doesn't have the brain power to figure it out, let alone the sack to do it. But if you get pinned, it, say you're on the phone with 
the Miami deal kind of falls through. Chargers are calling you. You think you got some worked out, and then, and then they kind of try to push you around, and because they're like, you're not going to take him. Like whatever. I, I'm like, do you take him? You force their hand. You make the power move, and you take Tua. And it, what is the worst thing that happens? You have Tua on your roster. Like, okay, then you sit him for a year behind Stafford to learn. Like, and trade Stafford next year. It's not a big deal. But realistically, if you're being real, it, we'll skip the fact that say no one trades for it. You take two, you force other teams' hands. That's that's it. That's the only play. Because no one else on the board is worth taking at three. I'm not taking a cornerback at three. I'm not doing it. The dream is that you take two uh, and you keep him for yourself. That's my dream. Take two at three, and Hell then he's my. your quarterback for the future. Because I think I so think he's Ryan, a phenomenal, is that your phenomenal dream? quarterback. Is that your Absolutely. dream scenario? 100%. If I could take two at I mean, if if I was a Bengals fan, my dream would be you for can. them to take Tua <laughs> instead of Joe Burrow. Yeah, instead of Burrow, which is which is interesting because then I mean, local radio personality around here has that exact scenario playing itself out of the Bengals taking has Tua. Tua going over Burrow? Yeah, I don't think so. There was I seen something else about that today, but there's no chance. In the so world. so the, so the reason being, like quarterback in Cincinnati obviously is a need. But there's more need, I guess. I, I don't know why this personality necessarily chose to go to a over Burrow. Maybe a longer record of uh, producing in college. Yeah, production, which I get, right? Like I I understand that. I mean, but you also are talking about an Alabama quarterback. He's not your typical Alabama quarterback, but it's not no, a definitely system. Not. He can actually play quarterback. Yeah, it's not a system that has traditionally produced. You know, stellar I mean, quarterbacks neither, over neither the last LSU. decade. Also, a very fair. Hold point. on, LSU did not produce Burrow. Ohio State. I mean, Ohio was Ohio State's record of quarterbacks. I mean, not very yeah. good either. <laughs> I mean, right. I, th- I think they have two NFL, three, and if you include Burrow, three NFL. Quarterbacks well, no, well, that one I'm not putting years, Burrow but, with Ohio State, and I don't necessarily think. It, this position group at this school, so you have to take them. I don't really think that matters. Ha- but if you're going to say no Alabama Haskins quarterback hasn't legit. succeeded, really no LSU quarterback or Ohio State quarterback succeeds either. Right. So the moral of the story is quarterbacks Quarterbacks don't are succeed. overrated. No, no, <laughs> quarterbacks don't succeed. So you want to – and that's why I think taking Tua to keep is – just not smart it's not a good use of draft capital you have a quarterback and not only do you have a quarterback you don't have a ryan Tannehill. you have regardless of and even the biggest haters opinion a top 10 quarterback in the nfl and i think absolutely a top five quarterback in the nfl you can't that is you not can't the debate biggest haters opinion. regardless you, you matt you can't debate top 10 you could you can easily... debate top 10 the haters absolutely can yeah, but but so I think it's all on faulty grounds. I think that I think that there is a difference between a the, hater and an idiot. Yeah, I'm not but including I think the that, idiots. I think and, that, and I mean that. And, and I'm not. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting you, AJ. Let me just let me just get this out, and then you can do what you want. But Matt, I you kind of scoff at the top ten. I think given what Stafford has done over his career, firmly places him within the top ten. There would be you would be very hard pressed to find ten other quarterbacks that you would want leading your franchise, in my opinion. Now the top five, the top five, I think is is 
is debatable, which is fine. To, that's I put my, him in that probably that's, eight that's to ten range. That's where my opinion comes into well, it. I mean, if you're going to put him top in eight 10 to ten, is not debatable. Then that's debatable. And that's where, where ten. it's not about the merits of you putting if I put him in eight to ten range. Like this is debatable top ten. That still puts him okay, in the top ten. It would still be no, debatable. He's no. would. If you're going to say this guy's the ninth it, best it'd quarterback, be debatable you don't with, think someone could say, well, maybe it'd these be debatable. two quarterbacks have a better have a better resume? That's that's no, like I, saying, see, stop, stop, stop. That's like saying, I guarantee Chase Young's, it's not debatable Chase Young's going to go in the top three. I think he's going to go number three. And then you're saying, what? Chase Young could go out of solid the top five. You're telling me two more people couldn't go in front of Chase Young? It's nonsense. AJ's opinion is extremely clear, and you're trying to semantics it. It's stupid. It's not. You're so stupid. I, I think that because I've had this conversation <laughs> numerous times, right? Like, it, you're you're very hard pressed to find ten people that you would place in front of Stafford. Now, so, where he fits within that top ten, I think, is very debatable. And that's he fine. might be the tenth best quarterback, but that eleventh guy is not somebody you would put in front of him. And that's fine. But anyway, let's let's skip over the debating the merits of Stafford because we do that enough, and it's not a conversation anybody enjoys at this point. My point is, you have a top tier quarterback in the NFL. Not only are starting quality quarterbacks hard to find in the NFL, franchise quarterbacks are wildly hard to find in the NFL, and you have one. And you have one that isn't in the youngest part of his career, but still has, at a, a minimum, years. at a minimum four to six years left. Like, he, he's not old. In a position that is only getting older every single year. I, mean, I, think, you, that, how many I think that you're overstating that. No, he's 30, dude. I know that he's 30, but he's also playing with, like, a 33-year-old body. He's so, really not. So, so he's four, been, he has been extremely... His back's older on. than 33. He has been extremely durable for a long time, and while back injuries right. are serious, his is one that you make a full recovery from. It's not something that you have long-term ramifications for that continues like to fall out time. or cause complications. When it is fully... So he, why did this happen again? It was never healed. He never stopped playing. This he last year they shut him down. They shut him down. Game. He's addressed it, and it will be it will be entirely healed by the time he steps on the field again. But anyway, again, debating the wrong things. You have a quarterback for say five years that is absolutely elite. We're not talking about taking the best quarterback in the draft. We're talking about taking the second best quarterback in the draft. And if you want to argue Stafford's back, that's fine. I think it's dumb. But if you do that, you have to do the equally dumb thing and acknowledge that Tua has injury concerns at a much younger age and a much more serious injury. Now, I don't think his injury is going to diminish his NFL career at all. But if you're going to play that game with Stafford, you have to equally downgrade Tua for the medical concern. That's just being fair and consistent. And that's fair. Right? So... You're not talking about taking the best quarterback in the draft. You're talking about taking the second best quarterback in the draft that also has medical concerns. Now, if you want to throw the medical concerns out, that's fine. I'll do that on the condition you throw out Stafford's as well. So, take first overall picks, quarterbacks. So, if you take a quarterback with the number one overall pick, you're going to see you're taking the best quarterback in the draft most years. You're at least trying to. You're taking the consensus number one quarterback in the draft. Not not counting Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, although 
because they, they haven't yet to completely prove themselves. Although you're starting to be able to, some people think Baker's a bust already. I'm not going to go that far. And other people think he's going to be great, but whatever. But I'm going to not count, include them because they're still on rookie deals. 13 quarterbacks have went number one overall since Peyton Manning went number one overall. Since him, 13 other quarterbacks have went number one overall in the NFL. So these are your best quarterback prospects coming out of college. So good that they went number one over everybody in the draft. A whopping three of them, you would say, were franchise-quality quarterbacks. And this is the best quarterback in the draft. It is such a freaking cur- Even if you have the coveted number one slot, even if you have that number one pick and you're like, man, we get to get the best quarterback. We're going to be set for years. You're still batting 25%, dude. And we're talking about not even, not even doing that. We're going to take the second best quarterback. And if you want to look at those numbers, I'm going to save you right now and say you don't want to look at those numbers at how often they pan out. And you're going to do that. Give up everything you could have instead to take a shot in the dark at a 5% chance of hitting on a quarterback when you already have one. And I will look at you and say, if you've evaluated everything there is to evaluate, if you understand the circumstances and still make that decision, then I think you're an idiot. Well, you don't take Herbert because the Chargers shouldn't have taken Philip Philip Rivers when they had Drew Brees. I agree with that Herbert take, by the way. I've never been impressed with him. I, that's not the point. Paul, you and I had this conversation. But that's not the point. It's not. Herbert you're right. is it's just not as the, likely it's not, to pan it, out as Tua is. You can say, oh, I know for a fact that Tua is better. I've watched him play plenty. You don't know that. You, you so think that. you have the number one pick on next year, you're trading out of seen. it and trading out of Trevor Lawrence? I, no, I would take Trevor Lawrence. Because the quarterback's never hit. That, again, that doesn't mean you never take a quarterback. So if we have the number one pick next year, one of two things has happened. Stafford literally died, and at that point he's broken, right? Like, like if he if he if his back, well, yeah, if he dies, he's his, pretty broken. Well, if his back goes out again this year, then you can say, I mean, oh, so the third time's the charm, but two times is nothing to worry about. I mean, yes, three times is a trend. Not, I mean, yes, that that's two how times it works. in two years is nothing to worry about, though, is what you're saying. No, you never heard of the, the <laughs> okay. three That's exactly man? what I'm saying. It, it, it's not I'm even trying not to get out, Ryan. It's well, no, I, it's it's first of all, if you if you follow medicals at all, and if you look at statistics, probability, and you track injuries, which has been done for a long time, the myth of injury prone is just that it's a myth. Injury prone players don't exist. Now there are recurring injuries, and there are certain injuries which make you more likely to injure other things. But as far as Jason being White. injury injury prone is bad luck is what it is outside of certain things. So like if you mess up your shoulder and it's something that's never going to heal right and is going to cause issues down the road, that's one thing. But if you break a leg, you're not going to be more likely to break another bone in a year. It's just an injury that happens and it heals and it's, you're over it. So especially with modern medicine, but yeah, at 32 years old and coming off, a completely devastated back and it's not even just the injury so it, it could be a freak thing so it's not even that oh his back's going to keep breaking because of what every time you have a surgery especially back surgery it can cause complications and things are not the same if he broke his back again and you're talking about another back surgery and he's 32 years old then yes at that point 
is he going to recover this time from this one? It does change things. It absolutely does. It is a lot different than he had an issue in his back one year and then it recurred the next year because he played through it the year before and it never stopped taking hits. Yes, it's a lot different. But the point is, if you're picking number one overall, you really are done with Stafford because either he had the worst year of all freaking time or he was broken again. Not to mention, you're going to have a new coaching staff and new GM that's probably going to want to move on. And Trevor Lawrence is a generational prospect. If you were telling me Trevor Lawrence was available at number three, I would say, yeah. That's, we haven't seen, you don't see quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence. You haven't seen one since Peyton Manning. Not even Andrew Luck was as good of a prospect as Trevor Lawrence. And Andrew well, Luck is one of those coaching. three. Andrew Luck is one of those three quarterbacks that I mentioned, franchise quarterbacks that went number one overall. Stafford is another one of them. Number three is Carson Palmer. Let that sink in. I mean, didn't Sam Bradford go number Those one? Are your oh, three. three franchises. I thought you went three total quarterbacks. No, 13 total quarterbacks, and three were franchise-worthy. Three out of 13. And those, that's number one overall. That's picking the best quarterback in all of college the, the, for I the mean, draft. Let's be fair to Tua here. The man threw for, you know, 70% of his passes for 4,000 yards and only six picks to 43 touchdowns. I think Tua's great. great. Most efficient I, college I really quarterback think, ever. I think Tua's great. It, it is, it's not that I think Tua can't pan out. I think Tua's absolutely a great quarterback. But they just don't. For whatever reason, they don't pan out. It, they pan out at an exceptionally low, low do, do, level. So do you think great quarterbacks quarterback don't game. pan out? Or do you think all the other quarterbacks that are drafted are just trash? Because if you think two is a great quarterback, I don't, I don't see how if you, I don't see how you pass up what you think is a great quarterback at number three. Because great quarterbacks don't pan out all the time. When a quarterback is taken number three overall, he's not taken number three overall because he's not considered great. Look at Marcus Mariota. People are debating him with with Jameis Winston, who should go number one overall. By the way, neither of them really panned out that well. Although Jameis. Closer to panning out, at least. But look at that. Marcus Mariota, people thought he was going to be the absolute truth. People thought if Chip Kelly drafted him, he was going to set the world on fire in the NFL. He was in the in a legitimate case to go number one overall. I never thought that. For the well, I, that's not relevant <laughs> at all. He was considered Just a saying. great, great quarterback. He went number two overall. What happened? Nothing. And Tua, I do think Tua, Tua can Tua, pan out. Tua is far more likely to be Marcus Mariota or worse than he is to be a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. Far more likely. And it's not even close. Like, it's not like splitting hairs. He is far more likely to do that. And not to mention, now, I don't buy into this. I think, I think it's complete coincidence. I, I think it's complete out. coincidence. Left-handed quarterbacks really have not panned out. And it's pretty insane. You can say, oh, well, only X amount of the population is left-handed. No. Far more, far more times have left-handed quarterbacks not panned out than a percentage of the population. I still think it's coincidence. That is another thing. He's a left-handed quarterback. Who's the last good left-handed quarterback? Give me the quarterback. I, I, don't know who, I don't know the uh, handedness of every quarterback. Kenny, Kenny Stabler, Steve Young. Mike Vick, Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason. Steve Young. Scott Mitchell. <laughs> Scott Mark, Mitchell. Mark Brunel. Oh, my gosh. Michael That's it, Vick. Mark Brunel. So I'm looking at a top five, top five list of NFL quarterbacks who are left-handed. Mark Brunel is number five. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Mark five is your fifth best left, fifth best left-handed who? quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> Mark five. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's unbelievable, dude. But here, Paul, explain. You know, in the, in two out of the last three years, we've seen the rise of 
you know, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. And why isn't Tua following in that kind of class in your mind? Well, I don't know what Kyler Murray's risen to. He hasn't proven anything yet. He's a, I mean, he had a pretty good rookie year. So did RG3. Yeah, they like won the best rookie years ever. A lot of Paul other Zane. players. Oh, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying he's not going to pan out, but what, what, do you, what is your comp to them from Tua? I don't understand, I guess. I'm not following. To me, size and play style of, you know, they're not running quarterbacks, but they can run. They're crafty, they're tricky, well, so and they can bomb the ball. Tua, in one, the thing that I dislike about Tua the most is Tua can't run, but he thinks he can. And that is why Tua's been banged up. That's why Tua... Tua hasn't finished a complete season. Tua has not had a full season. And again, I don't think it's going to be a crazy deal in the NFL. I don't buy the whole injury thing. But the reason he's got hurt is because... And this is in uh, college... In Tua college. played a complete season in 2018. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He has not finished a complete season. He played in 15 games in 2018. <laughs> he did not play every snap. I guarantee it. Well, you don't I, have to play every fact. snap because you're fucking winning well, of course by not. He didn't no, play the fourth I, I quarter in like benched. half the game. I, I don't mean for being benched. Well, if you get a stinger in a game and come out and you come back in, that doesn't mean you didn't now. play the whole season. I mean, I guess technically it does, but you wouldn't say. He got hurt literally in the title game. <laughs> He literally got hurt in the title game. Okay, so he played in 15 games. But he got hurt. In the title game. In the game you need him the most. But anyway, my point was, I, I don't want to harp on the injury thing because I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But what I was getting at is he's not mobile. He's not really not mobile, and he thinks he is. And that has gotten him banged up in college, thinking he's more mobile than he is. We've seen all kinds of quarterbacks run all over the field in college and then get blown up when they reach the NFL because they can't do the same. He was getting blown up in college because he thinks he's more mobile than he is. That is a legitimate knock, that he has to understand his limitations. Because on an NFL level, he, he might as well be a stiff. I mean, his he, where he will excel if he learns how to is stepping around the pocket and Is he more mobile than Tom Brady? Like a, a guy ju- juking a defensive end out of his shoes. Yes, he's more mobile than Tom Brady, but that doesn't make him mobile. There we go. <laughs> Matthew Stafford is has is able to move, but he's not mobile, and it does matter because when you want to run around, and it's and I hate it because it's a it's a thing that stupid people for so and it's starting to go out the window now. But everyone's like, "Oh, running quarterbacks can't succeed in the NFL," which is just it's dumb. It doesn't mean anything. If you can throw a football, you can throw a football, but. The problem is, it is a lot harder to run in the NFL. And Tua is no Lamar Jackson when it comes to running the football. Not even remotely in a million years close. He's not that guy. So, he has to change parts of his game to succeed in the NFL. Which is always a question mark. As everybody but There's a lot of questions. Which is true, but there are so many question marks. How do you justify taking what is a complete shot in the dark? Because if you think he he's the best not... quarterback in the dra- in the draft and you think he's a great quarterback, that's the guy that you take. Well, there shouldn't be an argument that he's the best quarterback in the draft. I, I there's no there's no reasonable way that you can say he's a better quarterback than Burrow. But throw reason out the he's window. He's got a way longer and... track record of success than Burrow does. What is a way longer track record of success playing for a better team? I mean, it's not like Ohio State or Scrubs, but Burrow couldn't start there. Because he was behind an NFL quarterback. 
Like, as a young player, on top, as an underclassman, an underclassman behind an NFL quarterback. Which, again, that, that brings you back to Trevor Lawrence breaking the mold, the generational talent that we've never seen in starting as a freshman. Like, you don't do that. But no, Tua is not the yeah, best quarterback. Neither do you come in as a freshman into the title game and win it for you because your starting quarterback, who was a Heisman it's candidate trash. all year, turned out to be a scrub. Well, to be fair, and I wish Dylan was here for this, we called that and were giddy when it happened. Um, but Are we talking about Haskins? You? No, Jalen Hurts. No, there have been so no, many names. Jalen Hurts. You're a couple minutes behind. Hurts. Oh, and Paul, weren't you on Dylan's side that Jalen Hurts are gonna was take in the fifth you know, better anyway. than? I I don't think Hurts is actually that bad of a quarterback. I don't think he's in a top college, tier. Or no. Well, he was. He was terrible. He made massive strides at Oklahoma. He worked on his game, and that's I gave him so 100%, much. Hundred percent, and that's I why made, I think that I that's why I think so that in pumps. a later round he could be effective. But not in the NFL. No, he's not an NFL quarterback. I, I mean, I wouldn't. So if you have a Russ, if Russ Wilson's your quarterback. I wouldn't mind having Jalen Hurts as the backup. Right. But we right. just somebody like Seattle could draft him and he could step in and fill a role. I when we when we talk about Tua playing behind Hurts, the only reason why he was playing behind Hurts because of what Hurts had done prior to that. And he was a freshman. He was a true freshman. Right. I, I mean, so I, I don't know. I But Hurts was terrible. And that's why he got benched, and then a stacked, stacked team beat a much better team when they had a real quarterback behind him. But this, we're, this we're all kind of fits topic. into this all kind of fits into kind of that conversation that we've been having about rankings and prospects and that kind of stuff, right? Like, I'm I'm, I'm with you 100 percent that they do matter, but I'm not going to go and put all of my chips on the prospect ranking table because oh, sure. different guys react in so many different ways, like. Who would have thought Russell Wilson was going to be Russell Wilson when he came out of Wisconsin? I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn because I don't have a podcast to prove it, but <sighs> I was pretty high on Russell Wilson. But I get your point. I, I'm not going to be real. I get like, your point. He was a like third-round pick. No one thought crap about him, and he and blew up out of nowhere. That is yeah. all the more reason not not to take him. It's a crapshoot at quarterback. Look at Patrick Mahomes. But wait, what number of quarterback was Patrick Mahomes taking in his draft? He fell all the way to 15 after Casey 10? traded up to get him. And he was – was it 10? Yeah. I thought it was 15. It might yeah, have been but 10. at the same time, I think, I think Mahomes is also in a very perfect situation for Patrick Mahomes. Which is it's fine, also perfect but I think he's – Patrick Mahomes. Because he's Patrick. But there, here's the – but how many knocks were on Patrick a, Mahomes coming out? How many people said, oh, he played in the air raid, oh, it's a gimmick, oh, he can't succeed in the NFL because of the system, but he had all the tools, he's a smart kid, he has the athleticism and the arm, and he bought in, and he had a really great offensive coach, and came in, like you said, the right situation. It is a complete crapshoot. So I'm not, when I already have an elite quarterback, a franchise quarterback, which is not debatable, and I have him for at least five more years, I'm not taking a stab on the dark, where even if I hit on my quarterback... My team still sucks because how the hell am I building around him? I just buried myself when I could have had three more picks to not take him. And he's not going to be as good as Stafford. I will bet anybody that. I'll bet anything you, know, you want. What, he's what's going to be, be your measure for success? Because so, it won't so be football you're, success. You're going to take – you're going to take – you're going to get worse at the quarterback position and you're going to give up a bunch of draft capital to do so. It doesn't 
make sense when building a roster. It makes sense from a, oh, I'm sick of Stafford playing here and I think Tua's going to be great and I want to take a shot in the dark. That's fan speak. When you are legitimately evaluating, how do I make this roster as good as possible? How do I make this team the most successful team possible? It's not drafting Tua. The, once you start to break it down, there's no number-wise, no argument for I mean, not Tua. immediately, but that's it's part an of drafting any rookie quarterback ever. Tua. How many rookie quarterbacks are actually better emotional. than all the quarterbacks that are on the roster their first year? You're looking towards the future. And you're saying in three, four years, or however long that he's what? still on his rookie deal, and then we can. But looking towards the future, the future of what? Your team? So we we just use some. Who who's better? What are I, they doing I think twenty-five-year-old. Tell me why they're Twenty-five-year-old Burrow is, or Burrow, well, Burrow or Tua is going to be better than thirty-five-year-old Stafford. You think? I think he has. You think I think that, he has a point there. I think you're out of your mind to think that, and statistically says that that has about a three percent likelihood of happening. I mean, it's, it's where did you get three percent? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you really want me? Where to did you up, get three percent? You want me to pull up the second round quarterbacks? Hold on, I'll pull up every Who draft. Who the hell's second gonna, round quarterback? Five minutes. Was that have anything to do with pro- it? What does a second it's, round? I didn't say second round quarterbacks. I said second yes, quarterback taken. I will pull it up. I will. I will. You did say second round, FYI. I I will pull it up. Give me five minutes. I will pull up. Was Philip Rivers the second quarterback taken in his draft? I will pull up all of the drafts. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Rivers was taken second out of Eli Rivers well, that and was, Ben Roethlisberger. That, and that was an insane draft. And what's funny is the quarterback taken first was the most trash can quarterback of all of them. Yeah, but now it be, it became an insane draft. At the time, it was just a draft. That's what they all – It which, was just a draft. Which is, it was Eli Manning thing. of Old Miss. You, and, you know, don't He didn't know. want to go to San you Diego. You can't sit here and, and say – Philip Rivers at NC State, and he was good to go anywhere. And Ben Roethlisberger at Rapin's <laughs> University. And – San Diego already had Drew Brees. They had a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and he was not injured then. But they weren't sure if he was the right fit to help this team go forward. And so they took Rivers, who was a great college quarterback and was supposedly a great fit for them, turned out to be a great fit for them. And it's not his fault that the Chargers didn't do nearly as much as they should have during his time there. Well, it was it, it out was, pretty well. It for was the a little bit of both ways. I mean, so early in his career, he had a good team, but he wasn't ready to be great. And then when he was great, the team sucked. It was very unfortunate. It, it really Philip Rivers had a kind of cursed career, better than Stafford's career, but a cursed career. Stop turning the ball. Over I'm just saying. Philip. So wouldn't it be semi-similar to what the Lions are dealing with but, if they took Tua while already having Stafford? In fact, I'm pretty sure Stafford's older than Drew was at the time that the Bolts took Phillip Rivers. No, because Stafford is established in the, is an elite quarterback. Drew Brees was still a complete unknown. I wouldn't say complete unknown. That's that's what's different about it. That's that's no, he was a complete. Well, you're right. Some people thought he was a bust. So no, he wasn't a complete unknown. I mean, there were people, people that, that thought Stafford's he was a bust, a bust already, which is absurd and has panned out the opposite way. But the the point is, you have an established elite quarterback. But hold on. So let's go back to what Ryan said for a second because I think that we missed. He said that a— He said something extremely absurd. Assuming that Tua in five years is going to be better than Stafford in five years is wild. There is a better chance that Tua is not starting in five years than he's better in five years than Stafford. And that's not an opinion. That's fact based on take every quarterback drafted— 
and where so do they end up? you can see into the future? Like, Stafford's even going to be playing You can't five see into the future. That's my broke? point. That is my point. You can't see into the future. Yeah, but you can't. But you also can't claim that Stafford's going to be a better quarterback in five years because you can't see into the future either. If you're. I, I just said that. I said statistically. That's why I said yeah. statistically. You have an elite proven quarterback, and as we've seen, elite quarterbacks are playing fine well past 35 in today's NFL, but quarterbacks drafted are not playing well five years into their career at all. Mariota is the perfect comp. There is no better comp in the universe than Mariota for Tua. No, no. He is literally perfect, both where he went, the hype coming out, what he did in college, what he was projected to do, and the fact that we are now five years later and he's on his second team. Why? Because Mariota was an extended running back. We don't. Get off, get off this podcast with that disrespect. Mariota was one of the best passers college has ever seen. He literally didn't throw anything it. but touchdowns. The, the numbers that Mariota put up, completely irrelevant of his running, were absurd. His decision-making with the ball was incredible. He literally did not turn the ball over. He just threw touchdowns and threw more touchdowns. That disrespect is not going to be tolerated, calling him a running back. Stop. He played at Oregon, man. It and doesn't spread matter. offense. He was a product of the system. Like, yeah, you can really oh grow. He did rush for 700 oh yards per God. year at Oregon. That's not even Look, that much. Like, like <laughs> listen, for a quarterback, I, that's a lot. Did you see Denard in college? Yeah, but he couldn't pass. But Denard, Denard was Denard. a running back. Denard. If you want to say Denard was a running back. cannot throw. If you want to say Denard was a running back, that's fine. You did not say Marcus Mariota was a. He said an extended. Tim Tebow back. literally threw the ball better than Denard Robinson. Matt, you should be proud of myself right now. Proud of me right now. I just stopped an f bomb, mid f bomb. That's never but, happened on this. But cast Paul, before. what I'm saying is, is yes, okay. So Mariota's numbers look good as a passer. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Okay, 68, 63, It's not just the numbers. 60- Watch the games. He was awesome. Oh. Are you going to let me finish my, my point? I Probably not, but continue. Okay. So, he, yeah, the numbers look good, right? He's got nearly a 70%. He's got a 60, 67% completion percentage in college, right? Over 10,000 yards passing. I, I'm not going to disagree with you that he could throw the ball. But a lot of his hype and a lot of the issues that he's facing in the NFL had to deal with the fact that he played in a system in Oregon that was very high octane. It's really easy to throw touchdown passes the way you're describing them when you have the fastest people in America running go routes. You know who else like, they said that about? Who? Patrick Mahomes coming out of the air raid. That's no, why he went, dropped he all the way to 10. 15. Okay, but you're also comparing Texas Tech to Oregon when Mariota was there. Like, that that's two different programs completely. Is it? It's not like Oregon it, recruits five-star talent all up and down the board. Oregon actually doesn't recruit back that Back then? Well. No, it, not at any point. Oregon has never recruited elite. Okay, so then you're going to prove my five-star theory correct that it doesn't matter because they, they never still won anything. They, won they flamed out every single year. Every single year they did worse than their projections. <laughs> and when they every went single, to They actually they didn't were win there. Their they were there. True. Right, like Mariota, I'm not saying he wasn't good, but a a lot of like to say that he is the perfect comp to Tua when they're two completely different quarterbacks. He's the perfect comp for the situation. That's what I'm saying. The situation is. Did he say okay, guys? Bag me up on this. Did he say situation or did he say he is the perfect comp to Tua? I'm pretty sure he said he's the perfect comp. 
I will let you know, AJ, tomorrow <laughs> when I'm editing this damn thing. I'm telling you, he said the perfect comp to Tua. Tua is not... Tua, Marcus isn't even left-handed. Oh, God. Listen, Tua can only be compared to Mike Vick, okay? That's it. Uh, Why? Why can't he be compared to Steve Young? It's a joke. Will you stop? Oh, my God. Steve Young would make it... No, today. seriously, though. Why can't he be, young? Why can't wanna, he be compared to Steve Young? You want to hear Matt Trigger tell him, tell him the truth about Steve Young that he wouldn't make it in today's NFL? That wouldn't that wouldn't trigger me. I'm a Joe Montana guy. Oh, really? All right. Always. Damn it. All right. Misjudge. Always. Misjudge. Misjudge that situation. Joe but Poole. anyway. All day. Can we get off quarterbacks? Can we stop I mean, talking the, about the point No, but what? seriously, though. Hang on. But seriously, though. With Tua, why wouldn't it be Steve Young? I wasn't. Steve Young was not a running quarterback, but he was I, mobile enough. I wasn't serious. In hell left-handed. Also, I would, like, a winner. I would like to very much... I would like to make it very clear that in his day, Steve Young was considered a mobile quarterback. I mean, quarterback. They're, they're the same goddamn size. Yeah, I know. But he's not oh, actually a mobile quarterback. He is. Two is 6'1", 218. Steve Young, 6'2", 215. But in his day, Steve Young was considered a mobile quarterback. I didn't say See, it was. Am I, I, I on the money or what? I didn't they both kind of sort of white. I didn't say. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Oh, my gosh. You cannot disrespect minorities on this podcast. Oh my goodness! I will not stand for that. I I agree with you that I think quarterback. I I think all drafts are crapshoots, right? I mean, we know this. But it's far more damaging if you miss on a quarterback. That's the thing. Okay, uh, yeah. Like you're, I, you, I, and I would, if you, I would if you take Tua, you're not keeping Stafford for five years. You're not doing it. No, you're taking Tua to replace Stafford. So when you I, take I would, Tua oh. and he's not Stafford because the odds are stacked. Insanely oh. against him. Insanely. We need that around him. the horn mute button. <laughs> you're hurting like yourself. Did you're hurting yourself a ton, and you're not doing it for crazy upside. Like you're not Mike doing Socha it. You're not doing it for this insane upside, like that he's just some transcendent talent. Because he's not. There's a two in every draft. So it's it's one thing to say well, we'll tank next year and get the number one overall pick and draft Trevor Lawrence, talent that you don't see. <laughs> No, there's you're, a you're taking, Tua in every draft. There's a Tua in every draft. Yes. Who was the Tua last year? No, oh, Paul. Paul hates Kyler Murray. I gotta say, I when I said there's a Tua in every draft, when I no stop, I said there's a Tua in every draft. I am talking about the talent level and skill set and production in college. The package the Tua is offering, like his what you're Haskins projecting, had one year what you're projecting him as a pro based on, Dwayne Haskins. Was last year's one Tua. year in college, one year in college. So that makes him Tua this year. I was more when Tua has been doing this for three years. Like I don't, two, I don't understand how that's two even, years. Oh, okay, two years and starting in the national championship of his freshman year. Okay, I, I, two years. That whole other season is still more than Haskins ever had. Like there's no re like. You can understand why maybe Haskins might bust, and I don't think that he necessarily. I think Haskins throw is a very good thrower of the football. I think or at he, least he was a really terrible place to to showcase that, but I would agree with that. How I, I Mike Davis get on base, but he's at the same time, like you have one year of production from Haskins compared to the. So the great thing years about college, Tua, especially including at, the winning, especially that Tua at had. quarterback is if you have high-level production, it does not take long to see why. It's not hard to figure out, does this guy throw a good ball? No, but it does need to be sustained. Does he have the arm strength? 
Is he a product of his system? Well, all the questions that you ask, Dwayne Haskins could have played 16 years in college, and you wouldn't have gotten different answers to him. I, so now, Dwayne I'm Haskins wrong. did play. But doing it over a longer period of time, I Dwayne think, Haskins, is more important. Dwayne Haskins was behind a, I want to say, fifth-year senior his the year before. I think it was a fifth-year senior that he was, you're not going to start over. I no. mean, Trevor Lawrence didn't even Trevor Lawrence didn't even start his season. He started it, I think, in Game Four is when he took over the starting quarterback job, and he wasn't behind JT. I mean, he was behind the dude that won a national title, a fifth year senior, right? Actually, oh no, Deshaun no, he wasn't. Won Deshaun won it. Um, no, he wasn't. No, I, no he was Kelly wasn't. Kelly, Kelly wasn't starting. Deshaun won it. Yeah, Kelly Bryant wasn't starting. Um, so he's behind a fifth year senior. I think fifth-year senior, definitely a senior, in JT Barrett. And they're on the ropes against a John O'Corn-led Michigan team. I think that was the year. Or was it the year before? It was whenever they were in Ann Arbor. I think it was John O'Corn. I'm pretty sure it was the John O'Corn year. And they're on the ropes. I mean, they are they suck. Like, it's unbelievable. And Dwayne Haskins comes in and Change the game. immediately – Flips the game on its head, and you see immediately he is way better than JT Barrett as a quarterback. And it, from that moment on, you're like, damn, this kid is good. And then all he does is start the next year with a starting job and prove everybody right from the get-go by just torching the ever-loving shit out of everybody, just dime after dime with insane pinpoint accuracy. You look at what he did to Michigan just picking the weakness on their secondary apart with by and by the way their offensive line played their offensive line played great mm-hmm. that game against a real banged up Michigan squad but all year that offensive line sucked at pass blocking Dwayne Haskins was not sitting back there with all day to throw all year and he was picking teams apart with literal Tom Brady like accuracy now it is easier I would say it was more accurate than Tua. And don't throw completion percentage out there like it's a great measure of accuracy. Like there's not a thousand well, things that, that, that are irrelevant to ball placement. No, it's not. I would say Dwayne. Jesus Christ. Threw 73 passes against Purdue. I, I don't know. I just, I, I think saying like to devalue what Tua has done in college and project. You're not devaluing it. You're acknowledging you are, that though. it doesn't mean no, anything. No, you're you're devaluing it by saying that there is a Tua in well, every so, draft. So let me put that, it to you this way. You can call it what you want. You can say it's hating. You can say it's devaluing. And it's you all can, true. You can call it whatever you want because what I am spinning is based on statistics. It's not something that's debatable that, oh, Tua is this likely to pay. These are the statistics. These are how many quarterbacks of his caliber that go and hit. Because, again – you go number one overall, and you're not likely to pan out. He's not even the best quarterback in his own draft. Well, according dude. to that list the it's other day, he was the most likely a, to be a, a debate. pro bowl. It's not an opinion. It's, it's, this is the facts. And the facts are not good. They, they don't paint a pretty picture that this guy is likely to come in and be a good NFL quarterback. It's just unlikely. And it's not to his fault. Tua's done nothing wrong. Tua has showed that he's a really good college quarterback. It's up to him to go to a good 
good place and hopefully be a good NFL quarterback. But I'm not giving up my product that I have that I know is good for a shot in the dark. When even, And again, even if Tua pans out, even if Ryan's right and Tua's an all-pro, you're still screwed. Because, all right, you, you, didn't you got a quarterback, quarterback. But you already had a quarterback, and your team sucked. So now you have a quarterback. Now you have a quarterback, and your team still sucks. Because to take that quarterback, you had to give you up a ton of draft, draft capital. capital. You didn't give – what do you mean? It does, you it's up. not a logical decision. When – do you, do you have any – and I, it's a real question. I'm not insulting you. Do not take this the wrong way. No one on the no one listening think that I'm being mean to Ryan. Do you understand the concept of opportunity cost? Do you know what that is? Yes, but if you can, if you have the opportunity to draft somebody that's an all-pro at number three, an all-pro quarterback. No. Okay, so – It's a yes. Get the fuck out of here. If a team is offering you three picks that are to not trade all-pros. up and take Tua – you are not just giving up the third overall pick to take Tua. You are giving up those three the picks. What do I want the number 26 and the number 180th pick for? And the fifth. Yes. And those can become more picks and more players who have combined just have a less much and better less likelihood less of, of helping your team. It's, you're getting more. When you you're turn more one pick picks. into When you're getting, turning one pick into four day one and day two picks... Those four picks combined are way more likely to pan out than Tua's. Way more likely. And fill are. more spots on your team. And you're trying to fill a hole that doesn't exist. No, take all the fucking number 26 picks and then combine them against the number three pick and see who's had more success in the NFL. You really think that four late first-round picks have less overall four. success? What the are you getting four late first-round picks from? Because that's not a real number in any scenario. You, you just said it. That's what you said. That's not what I said. I said take the number at, at 26 the, at, pick against the number 3 pick. Yeah, but I, I think if you make that trade with Miami, you're not getting the 26 pick. You'll get you're 26. Getting... You can get 26 and 5. That, that, that won't be See, I don't, think, I don't think that – I don't think so. Not according to the mock trade I tried. <laughs> well, in, in <laughs> AJ's no, mock sir. trade, he got the 26 plus a second-round pick plus something else on top of it. Let's not let's not go by those. Those are fake, so, fake news. Uh, yeah, so I don't I don't think I don't think Miami is going to trade up to three to get Tua and then give us two first round picks. They I think would. that you're li- if they want Tua, they will for sure. And you take Tua to see if, to make them. So then, based on your argument to Ryan, they don't understand opportunity cost. They need a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. It, it's I, it's a completely different discussion when you don't have a quarterback. Or do you just a, a not shot have a quarterback in the dark, this year? A shot you in know the you dark, don't have a shot, and then you end up tanking again. Because I don't think they're going to. They couldn't tank this year. They're stuck picking behind the Lions with the worst roster in the NFL. Legitimately, the Miami had the worst roster in the NFL and is picking fifth. So there is no chance in the world that with all the picks they have, they're going to be picking number one next year. It's not happening. This is their best shot to get a quarterback. And they don't have one. If we didn't have Matthew Stafford, yes, this entire discussion changes. Take Tua, that's fine. But we do. It changes everything. You are trying to take a complete shot in the dark and risk risk not constructing a good roster to fill a hole that doesn't exist. It's nonsensical. It doesn't make sense. It's from no logical, statistical basis of roster construction. I mean, it's all about, it's all about assets and resources. You have money, a salary cap, and draft picks, and you can trade teams, 
and you can use free agency. That's how you build a roster. And your goal is to build the best roster. They're all finite resources. And the more of those you use to not fill holes and to take bigger risks hurts your roster construction. It doesn't make you a better team. It's not a hard concept. You have the hardest hole to fill and you have it filled. The hardest thing to find in probably professional sports, but definitely the NFL, you have that hole filled and you are trying for no reason to fill that hole. You're only hurting yourself to do it. It's not for no reason because you know you're not going to have that hole filled forever. And what you've done with that hole, no no fault to Stafford, is you haven't done shit with Stafford as your quarterback. And you know That's, he's going to be on the tail end of But if you get Tua, that doesn't – even if Tua pans out, which is extremely unlikely, you're still, you still have the same shit team. Like why, why is it going to be different? Because it's not just this year. Like it's so you, Tua you better than have, Stafford this year, of course not. But you're hopefully drafting so and planning for the future. you have Stafford – Plus the picks that you pick from not picking Tua to try to do something the next few years while he's here. If you pick Tua, and even Tua pans out, and by year three he's a Pro Bowl quarterback, because God knows that happens often, you have Stafford's replacement. Congratulations. You still haven't won anything, because in year three your roster still sucks. I mean, you probably probably traded Stafford by that time. Maybe maybe (laughs) you're a a 10-win team. Maybe you're a 10-win team. And you losing the first Which round is the of the fucking playoffs. ceiling that Stafford ever gave you. You're still not doing anything till you have to pay Tua, and now by then, any average starting NFL quarterback is going to be making forty million a year, if not more. So now we have a team that we didn't have a good roster with. We we had a borderline roster with Tua panned out. We got we hit the lottery with Tua. He panned out. Our roster was okay. Now we got to pay Tua. Okay, and then we're you not pay him, and then you have to reconstruct on him. his rookie contract. And you pay Tua we're, we're by the time anything. he's, what, 26, 25, some shit like that? We're not winning anything on his rookie contract. We're not winning so, with anything if Stafford you really in want any to take, contract. If you, if you believe that, and you really want to take a shot in the dark on a rookie, that's fine. I get that. So why don't you do this? Why don't you get all your draft capital, keep drafting, building a roster around Stafford, and then... When you still don't get it done because your roster is still not good enough, instead of picking Tua, at least you have a, three more players instead of Tua on your roster that one of them's probably a decent starter and one of them's a contributor and one completely busted out. And now you can take your shot in the dark on a quarterback when your team's in a lot better place. And maybe you can win with him on his rookie well, yeah, deal well, like the instead of having when to have, wait like to pick? pay him. Why are you going to have the 25th pick? Well, if, if, gonna be, if you're going to get rid of Stafford, if your team is good enough, right? And you, you have Stafford. If your team is good enough to where you built this good team around Stafford, you're not going to be drafting in the top three again. You're not going to have a chance to take one of those top flight quarterbacks. I, I First of all, I didn't say we were going to be good. I mean, look at us. You just, said, bu- you just said build the team around Stafford. And if you I'm have a team around building, Stafford, the Lions you're, aren't You're building a better roster. You're building a better roster because you're using those picks. My point is, you get rid of Stafford. You tank a season. Because without a quarterback, no matter how good your roster is, you're what do you not mean tank a season? Just if tell you have Stafford to, to sit? If you, it, no, you're, you're trading him or cutting him. Whatever. I don't care. We're talking five years down the road, dude. So, I mean, follow along. You didn't fuck You, you get rid of him. Shut the fuck up. God damn, man. And even, even <laughs> if you don't have a top 10 pick, trade up. Do what KC did. 
KC had a good roster. They found their quarterback they identified, and they traded up to get him. Take a shot in the dark when you can have win. A good roster. Take a shot in the dark when you actually need to replace a quarterback, and you can win with a quarterback on his rookie contract. If you are going to take that shot in the dark, do it when it makes sense to do it. Because that's what Tua is. He's a shot in the freaking dark. I mean, even what KC you, did, they had somebody to mentor Mahomes for a year. They had somebody for Mahomes to sit behind. Who knows what so would have happened if Mahomes had for a year. And play for a year. And then I agree right 100%. You should never start a rookie quarterback, ever. And never, ever in a million years under any circumstances. So take him now when you got the world's greatest quarterback so in front of him. That's, that's fine. Paying Alex Sanchez for a year to come in for him to sit behind. Oh, Alex Jesus, Smith. Alex okay. Sanchez. Fucking Alex Smith. Jesus Christ. Um, it, it doesn't – you don't do it now when there's no benefit to doing so. You're not filling a hole, and you're not winning with him on his rookie contract. So the two main reasons that you would make that pick don't exist. I don't know how much more clear that can be. You, you cannot win with him on his rookie contract, and you don't – right now on his rookie contract, there's no hole to fill. So if you're going to take that, take it down the road, and hopefully your roster's in a better place by then. Like, you're just, you're wasting finite resources for no reason to probably it's, make your team it's, worse. It's not no reason. Well, it's the Lions. Uh, the odds are, statistically, you're going to make your team worse, not better. Nothing I ever do in a draft is going to statistically make my team worse. You can make that decision if you want to. You can Except decide that I'd rather... Taylor. Make my team worse than better, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make decisions to make my team better. You can make the decision to make your team worse. That's your prerogative. By keeping Stafford. Does the situation does the situation change if Burrow's available at three? No. I didn't hear what you said, but if Paul said no, I'm going to say yes. He's he's not <laughs> gonna be. He's not gonna be. It doesn't matter. I can't say that I. Uh necessarily agree with you on how like nonchalant you are about Tua but it's not about him that's I want that to be extremely clear it could be Joe Bob it doesn't matter I I understand your opportunity cost and the value like the 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 mo for the Detroit Lions is to trade out of three regardless whether that's trading uh to six with the Chargers. I think ideally you want to try and trade at five with Miami if they're willing to give up that 26 pick as well. Um, and then taking that number five and trying to trade back a little bit farther. I mean, we have need, I'm, I'm just going off of, was it the draft network or whatever? Yeah, draft, draft network. They consider the Lions to have 10 needs, basically. Um, I don't think that means that just 10 players would fill those needs because I think you have depth issues. But you obviously can't fill that with only seven draft picks. And so trying to gather as many draft picks as possible obviously is going to be the best way to go about it. Now, how valuable you can make those picks is going to be up to the person that's choosing. We all know that there's no faith that we have in that person making those choices which means we'll probably end up with uh, a running back and a tight end with our first two choices, probably a wide receiver in the third round, um, and we go from there. And it's another season of misery. Oh, it's going to be a season oh, it's, of misery. Yeah, it's always going to be a season of misery. I, you can't the say – The Ford's still on the team? Stop. We did. We already did that. Oh, no, actually, that podcast got 
got not not real. <laughs> um, but we we did discuss this. You cannot say that. If they find the right GM... Of course I can! If they find the right GM, eventually there will be seasons of not misery. Lies. You should take <laughs> the right lies. quarterback. You'll be led to the promised land. I mean, there's a player that the Lions aren't going to take, even though, like, if you had to plant your flag outside of someone in the first round, this is definitely my guy, Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety out of Minnesota. Yes. Oh, I like him. I don't, want, cool. the, I don't yes. want the Lions to take a safety in the second round, which is where you'd have to nab him. But that dude is a baller. Obviously, he has the NFL pedigree. I mean, with his dad being a very good NFL player for, I don't know if he played for 10 years. He was available in like all the third, all the mocks I did, he was available around the third, too. Oh, in this one, he wasn't available for the third for me. But, um, well, so yeah, to be fair, couple, we pick uh, very early in each round. So yeah. if he's a borderline, if, when you're talking, when you get to talking those borderline prospects, will he be there I, in round three? I don't, I don't know that he's borderline. I would, I would say he's a lock to go in the second. But if you trade it down from 35, um, and you got like an extra third round pick, um, then I wouldn't mind taking Antoine Winfield. I wouldn't take him at 35 just because of like what the Lions need. Especially if they ended up going, you know, like Okuda in the first round, and you take cornerback kind of off the board. There's still so much more than you need than a safety, but that kid is just—he's just legit, man. So AJ, yeah. they're talking to Gibby right now on Sports Center after the game. Are they? I—I yeah. I literally I can't do these mock drafts, dude. I, I really can't. So I'm I'm peeping Kuipers real quick because I was curious, um, and he does not have Antoine Whitfield in the first two rounds, um, which is borderline meaningless but i was just curious i just wanted to see um, what about that dancer kid from mississippi state he end of very end of the second round second last pick to the chiefs um and he will i mean he's slow dude i'm not taking a corner that runs four six in the yeah, first two days safety. yeah oh dancer not I, not dancer I, I thought you meant no. field no, dancer's a corner that runs barely yeah, faster like, yeah. than tisa which i again does not mean that you can't be successful, period. But the odds are against you. I'm not taking a guy like that in the first two rounds. Now, hey, there was a draft, uh, a report that the Chargers may be willing to toss Desmond King towards us there for was, that third pick. But I think they're going to overvalue what he means in a trade, especially when we're going to have to pay him. I love Desmond King too, and I'd pay him. He's fucking what, twenty five. So on, so I, I'm all about corners. Like I love secondary play. It's my favorite part of football team outside offensive line. But and I, the thing that I would be most excited about Desmond King coming here is never having to see Jamal Agnew touch a ball again. Like, I'm, yeah, that's, Isn't he a Detroit kid anyway? At, uh, yeah. So, and I am all about, Richard, I, yeah, I think like special Iowa teams is hugely important. In Iowa. As yeah, much as they try to take kick returning out of the game, Desmond King is really good at it. And I, I hate you guys know. Every, well, I, AJ, I'm not sure if you know, but these guys know. I hate Jamal Agnew. Like God, I hate him. Does so he much. return kicks too, or just punts? Did you say that? Did you say that the Chargers are going to overvalue? I just want to be clear. Uh, well, the, so I make no prognostication to what the Lions are going to do because it's all nonsensical. So I don't even try anymore. Um, under Bob Quinn, I want to be clear. Like I'm not saying that the Lions is a franchise, even though they've been terrible. Um, I do things GM to GM. Bob Quinn has not a logical bone in his body, so I don't even anymore. I don't pretend to try to figure out what he's going to do, but I think I think the Chargers will, in the way of lowballing us pick wise, overinflating the value of King. Um, when I mean, if we wanted to throw money at King, we 
could just do it a year later in free agency. So, I, I mean, if he's available in a trade package, they're probably not coming to an agreement with him on a contract. So that's what I don't like. Um, now, if they valued King around a third, fourth round pick, no, because this is a rental. I mean, you're talking a one-year player. What is Desmond King worth to the Lions for one year? We're not winning anything this year. So what is Desmond King worth to us for I, one year? I mean, probably Cause more because anything... the GM, they, they want to win this year. Well, which I, I told you, I'm not going to try to prognosticate what our GM's going to do. But so that's where I think, and they're going to value King probably around a second rounder and devalue the picks we get in return. So that's where I don't, I, I probably won't like a trade that involves King and picks for our number three. Not in principle, but because of what I expect it to actually be in the end. I just don't think we'd get enough value out of it. But it could be cool. Um, I would rather just... It makes all the sense in the world for both teams. Take Miami's 5-26. and 26. There's a good chance. Now, I'm not... I, Miami might try to play hardball. They might say, screw you, Bob. I'm not giving you shit. And that's when you turn around and take Tua. And say, put your balls on the table. We just took Tua. What are you going to do? Now it costs you more. Now you can give us number 26, number 5, and a third-round pick. I mean, that's what I would do, but we got Bob Quinn running the show. Uh, so anyway, so no, I was – it's crazy. Like, And I don't know if Kuiper is like a Tampa fan. I was, I was looking through his two-round mock. Tampa doesn't pick like wildly early. They pick in the teens. I think number 14 or something. He's got Andrew Thomas, my offensive tackle, falling to them. Conveniently – Tom Brady really could use a really good blindside blocker, and they get, my opinion, the best tackle in the draft at 14. And then all the way at 45, midway through the second round, they get Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and that's just stupid. I mean, if that happens, and, yeah. that means the Lions and a lot of teams pass on Jonathan Taylor twice, which is insane alone. But that's like... CBS, CBS has uh, Thomas going 10th overall to the Browns. I... Yeah, so it looks I mean, like would... there's like a lot of kind of switching between the, the tackles, whether it's Jedrick. Uh, well, Becton yeah. and Worf seem to be going like the first the two. The top two. Um, and then there's then, Jedrick, yeah, Willis, Wills and, and, uh... and homeboy Thomas seem to be flip-flopping a little bit. ESPN has three or four tackles out of Thomas, and it's like sickening to me. Which I, But the thing is, the draft might shake out that way. Yeah, I'm especially an idiot, if a by the team uh, trades up for a receiver. So like I'm, if you have I a guy would, like CD or Ruggs fall. I super, I super need to Jerry clarify Judy. something. Mm-hmm. I need to clarify something and give Ryan some props. Um, Ryan said that they no way Winfield, Winfield's falling out of the second round. I, I just looked at Kuiper's second round mock, and I didn't see Winfield, and I was like, oh, he doesn't have him going in the first two rounds. No, he actually has Antoine Winfield going number 26 overall. Oh, yeah, see? He doesn't in have him falling. Yeah, in the first round. And I didn't look there because I thought he was pretty much locked into the second round. Yeah, no, um, isn't that a baseball most, player? Most I've seen. No. no. He used to, uh, You're thinking Dave Winfield. He was a safety yeah. for the Vikings. His dad was. Obviously, he didn't go It'd back to college and get drafted again. I, you know what's crazy is he goes to pick after Minnesota. It'd be cool as shit if Minnesota there. took him. Not just a legacy pick, but he he went to college in Minnesota too. Yeah, him and uh, Harrison Smith. Like, that'd be sweet. That would make a sweet ass tandem. 
thinking like thinking about Minnesota, <clears throat> they they have a couple of receivers that fourth, fifth, sixth round might be um, worth taking a look at. Yay or nay? I mean, anyone's worth taking a look at in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. You're literally throwing darts, and more. And I say that a lot, but much more than the day one and day two picks. Like, well, like okay, I'm thinking specifically this Tyler Johnson kid. Um, I, I, can, I think he's. Ooh, Tyler Johnson's good. He's a good yeah, player. Yeah, and the mocks that I just did, and I again, they're mock drafts, so I'm not like putting stock into. But around that fourth round pick, he was there about every time. I see. I'm just. I'm not worried about receivers. Like I don't care. Like it, until we have an offensive line, I. It doesn't. It just doesn't matter to me. Like I don't care who's yeah. lining up outside. I mean, I think we'll take doesn't a receiver because we don't have any. Like so, you're assuming Galladay is going to get an extension. But other than that, like Marvin's gone after this year. I think Amendola's gone. Jones after could this even year. be traded. I mean, Jones could be part of a trade package. Yeah. Could he not for draft picks? He could draft um, picks or even just mid-season if like the Lions are out of it. Yeah, technically yes. But I mean, I don't think they're going to have any think, you know quote unquote weapons outside of Galladay after this year. I just so my guess so is I, they pulled the trigger on a receiver in like the middle rounds, whether it's four or five. It, so so four and on, I don't care. Like what you do, I will I care about hardly criticize Kenny Willis. I will hardly criticize what a team does round four and on, outside of, in cases where, I think like a second round talent has fallen, and then you pass on him to take anybody, just some random. But outside of that, I'm hardly ever going to criticize what a team does from round four on, because it pretty much doesn't matter. Like your the bulk of your starters statistically come from the first three rounds. Yeah, now we're gonna get our starting punter in the fifth round. The you got Braden undrafted Man, is that his name? free agent. Well, specialists are a little different. So I forgot about that. We don't have a punter. The fourth round for specialists is almost like the first round for most players. Then, Unless you're didn't Janikowski get taken in the second round? First, I think. It's crazy. Yeah. Pretty sure he went in the first round. I could be wrong. But that was was he not worth it? That's so unbelievable. But he was so worth it. <laughs> I Maybe. by no <laughs> like I don't know. He like, was what was his percentage? Like he could kick a sixty yard field goal. I don't know how accurate he was from you know fifty five and in. But he could See, definitely nail it. He has a chance yard. to make he has a he has a chance to make the Hall of Fame. I doubt it because he's a kicker, but he has a legitimate chance to make the Hall of Fame. But I, I want to see. I'm pretty sure he's picked in the first round. 17th overall. Jesus Holy crap! Christ. That's wild. That's crazy. God people damn. are people are mad at the Bucks for taking uh, 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 Aguero. Yes. Yeah. And then the he was round. out like two years later. In the second he? round. His was and his was all mental, dude. He was talented. His was 100 percent mental. God, this so they took him seventeenth overall, dude. That's awesome. That's, that's so insane. cool. I mean, I would be pissed. Maybe it depends on the kicker. I guess. I guess it depends on the kicker. Listen, dude, in ADR field goals. If Bob Quinn took like a kicker in the first round, I'd be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would. Be, I would probably be pretty mad. It depends who it is. I mean, Janikowski really was just. Wait, I thought I thought you were over getting mad at what the Lions do. I am. <laughs> I, I, I was, that point in no, your life. I was speaking Until in more of a, a kicker. So, 
Well, no, hold on. To clarify, because that podcast didn't go out, unfortunately, for no fault of my own. Was that the one you sabotaged? You bastard. Um, I think it was the one AJ sabotaged, actually, but it might have been mine. It might have been mine. I don't remember. Oh, actually, I think it was mine. No, I think it was mine. I'll take credit for it. Um, Yeah, the fans, I've lost my... I'm apathetic to what the Lions do now. Until we replace Bob Quinn. When Bob Quinn's gone, I'm back on. We'll see what the new GM can do. So in seven years from now? Stop. Do you want to hurt me? Like, do you take After joy in the Ford gives him a five-year extension? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. I don't like you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> it's not like they don't have a history of doing it. <laughs> so sad. No, I, I was more theoretical about the... If we took a kicker in the first round. I, honestly, this year, if we took a kicker in the first round, I'd be like, yeah, at least it's interesting. Like, I'm, we'll Prater. see what happens. This will be fun to watch. I love Prater so much. God, I love Prater, dude. I really do. He's one of my favorite players. I loved him before he was here. I really loved him since he was here. Prater is, like, the one person ever that I, when he was on another team, I was like, the Lions got to get this dude. And they actually did. They actually got that dude. It never happens. Well, th- thanks happen. to a lot of help from Prater. A lot That's of help Jason from Jason Hansen made that call to him. He's like, hey, you want to kick a lot of field goals because this team's not going to get in the end zone a, much? A lot of help from the Detroit. NFL sponsors that start with I can, Bud. I can tell you firsthand, I kicked a lot of field goals for him because we couldn't get in the end zone. He overrated A, a lot of help. I, okay, we're not going to do this. automatic Hansen So alone. we're not going to do this, but Ryan is right. Although, to be fair, I think it's only Lions fans. Like, I don't think nationally. Well, who the hell yeah. else cares yeah, I don't about think that anybody Jason else Hansen. knows about Jason Well, no. Hansen. Well, that's, but that's, well, that's not, not true. But that's not, not, they know who he not is. only is, not only is that not true. No, he played, he played 20 years with the Lions, dude, and he was on Thanksgiving every single year. It's absolutely not true. People, yeah, everyone in, knows. He's like the, top five in the, game, in the NFL points all time. Who cares about every, points? Every, how many no, people? No, what I'm saying is, so he's known because of it. I can because he went to Michigan State. But how many people can? Morton Anderson? Yes. I would say... But he went to Michigan State. <laughs> this is the, I would the say mo- I most... Number, number, two is, number two is Gary Anderson, right? Most NFL fans know. know. Most NFL fans... Like, I'm pretty sure the Andersons are one and two. You guys relax. Most NFL fans know Jason Hansen. But Jason Hansen did not have the notoriety of Janikowski. Oh, never mind. It's not Morton Anderson anymore. Oh, no. Vinatieri oh, passed him up. punk-ass Vinatieri. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> It's Vinatieri, then Morton, then Gary. All right, three, two, one. This we gotta stop. <laughs> and then number four, automatic Hanson, baby. So I want to do something fun before we actually stop because it's been a very this podcast did not go, and I don't know what I expected. So it did not go how I expected. Man, quarterbacks, nothing brings out passion in NFL fans like quarterbacks. Doesn't matter if they're current players, past players, maybe gonna be players. Quarterbacks get people riled up, as anyone still listening has seen. But I want to talk about some fun stuff. I want to talk about who's who is going to be good from this draft, especially underrated wise. Who do you think can be a steal in this draft? First couple rounds, for the most part, don't give me a day six shot in the dark or a six round shot in the dark that nobody listening is even going to know who it is. First few days, first first two days of the draft, first three rounds. Who do you think is going to be? Really underrated, like a couple guys, even if you want to, guys that you think are going to be real, real good for a long time. And then give me some boss, give me some early, give me some first round pick boss, be guys that you do not like the draft line, you do not think are going to be that good. 
I mean, I already said Winfield. I think this kid's going to be a, a star, kind of no matter where he goes. Same thing with uh, Isaiah Simmons. I think he's just kind of too good of an athlete. The one guy that I'm really worried about is C.D. Lamb, and it's only because you see these like top wide receivers hyped up every single year. And I love C.D. Lamb as a player, but when you start thinking about like taking a wide receiver that high or saying, no, this is definitely the guy that you have to get in the top eight, top ten or whatever, it, like typically they just turn out wild, wild bad, whether it's Corey Davis um, no, Sammy Watkins, he's definitely, I wouldn't, maybe not a bust, but not worthy of number four overall. A bust on his um, draft slot, I would say. But, I don't know, I'm, so I'm kind of worried about CeeDee Lamb and then some of those other receivers. I, I like Judy the best out of all of them. And then another bust, I mean, I, me and uh, AJ touched on it a little bit earlier. I don't really like Justin Herbert at all, uh, no matter where he goes. He's, he's big enough, I just don't know that he'll be good enough to be in the NFL for you know, seven years as a a starter, even like a viable backup. I mean, yeah, Ryan and I have already kind of talked about this. I think I, I just am not impressed with Justin Herbert. I know everybody's big on him. I feel like uh, quarterbacks uh, are cheating. But we've talked so much about quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking through this list. You know who I really like, but I don't even know if he'll be a first – three-round pick and probably won't be, but I think he could at least be solid, is that little scat-back Hilaire from LSU. I Something about that guy I like a lot. Um, probably more of a Darren Sproles role than, you know, solidified star, but I like Edward Hilaire. Um, I'm not convinced on this Jordan Love kid, even though I know he's a quarterback too. Heresy. Um Say what? Heresy. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, you got a lot of people. Uh, Rugs, he could be one of those bus guys that's going to get drafted high. Yeah, he's fast as can be, but he's probably going to turn into a, a punt return type person. Um, I don't know, those are my thoughts. I really I like Claire. I, I think, I, I think Clyde. Clyde's going to be – as long as he gets on the right team, I think he's going to be pretty good. He's he's real short, which is oh, not man. a detriment to a running back at all. It's no, not. No, and he and was so much fun to watch. Like, he, I like watching him more than I like watching Burrow because, like, he runs well. He's not like – like, I'm not scared of him getting hit. Like, he's built well enough to yeah. take the hits. Like, I no, he could be good. I like him. I really do like him. All right, I ran one more mock draft. <laughs> And how'd that go? I traded Miami for their first, fifth, 26, and 153. Then I traded Denver at five for 15, 46, and 252. And I ended up in the first three rounds with Becton, the tackle, Jonathan Taylor, Winfield, Braun, the edge guy, and dude, Davis Gaither, the line. Dude, that draft is insane. That's insane. Like, hire me as the GM for the Lions? That's so good. You're welcome. Ryan would rather <laughs> have Ryan would rather have the 10% chance Tua pans out. I mean, if but you're taking Zach Vaughn, you can picks. have that entire draft with you. Bust ass. Say what? Hey, man, Ebenezer. I mean, he was my third pick in the second round. Uh-huh. Braun was. Right? Like, And you took Jonathan Taylor? No, thank you. I want, I want needs to work after two years. 
I mean, he does have a lot of mileage on him from mileage Wisconsin. Mileage is the, the worst argument, dude. <sighs> NFL backs are done at 30. It doesn't matter. Matt, Paul, Matt, Matt, Paul Matt, go ahead and give your Like 200,000 miles, give me that one. <laughs> <laughs> Top dollar. No, 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 y'all no, sleeping on no the real Taylor. Necessary. The real Taylor is JJ Taylor from my alum, University of Arizona. Little five foot five Darren Sproles lookalike, who's going to be out there making life difficult for linebackers in the NFL because he's shifty as all hell, tiny as all hell, they can't can see catch him. the ball. Exactly, can't see him. But you can coach them. You can win with them. Play with them. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to like pick a bus from like the first round when you're top like twenty guys. There's like the big quarterbacks, but then everybody else plays like an interior position where you're like, well, were they a bus? Were they not a bus? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not as yeah. There's not the stats to back it up. Like, yeah, I, I so got like, you on that. I, but I mean, a guy sucks or he doesn't. Although it's subject to interpretation because. People, right? You hated Glasgow. I was going to – oh, like... my – dude, stop. Stop. You literally – stop. How did you do that? Because I knew you were going to say it because how? I remember how, how much you hated that was, the fact but that, that was – the, he... there's so many There's so many names I could have pulled out because, of a hat no, there. Because, and you because had you... the name. That was because the one I was going to use. He was the one that you continued to harp on with the Detroit Lions. I can't believe this guy's still getting snaps. He sucks so bad. He's terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then this year you're like – they could have had him back. Well, AJ, you got to understand that's the homer in me. <laughs> he went to Michigan, so I got to say he's trash. Uh, well, when he, like he's trash. I'm surprised you weren't like, oh, sign him for an extension. No, he so that that was the one though. So apparently, people are of the opinion that Glasgow is a decent interior lineman, and he's not. He's garbage can. He's a literal garbage can. Yeah, but you were a couple weeks ago saying that you know they could have had him back. But it is. Subject to interpretation. So I, who's your boss, Matt? Yeah, sorry, Matt, I cut you off. Um, as far as big name guys, I mean, it's easy to go with any of these quarterbacks that you don't know how they're going to pan out, like a Jordan Love. Um, but <laughs> uh. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be that Get much. Him. I think in a few years from now, we're going to say that, it, you know, that, you know, he peaked in college and couldn't uh, handle the, you know, while he was faster and better than everyone in college, the same couldn't be said for the NFL. Honky, I hit him up. Get him, Matt. You think second Especially round Especially if he comes to Detroit. Especially if he comes to Detroit. So I have a he question. Sure ain't doing a so damn I thing. want, because I'm got to hold you to this. This is going to come up in a year or two or five or ten. So he's going to go probably early second round, maybe late first. He's not going to go in the first 20 picks. So what is a running back that goes after the 20, 25th and on pick in the draft? What does it take for them to bust out versus not be a bust in your eyes? Um, I'd say you take your pick between... A thousand yards rushing or twelve hundred all-purpose yards between rushing and receiving. So that he hit, he's got to hit that when. Uh, year three. Okay. What? No chance in the universe that he is a bust by those standards. If he, well, if actually, he's a hold on. I take that back. Like rounder, hold on. Him. If I he's take a first rounder. If they, I take up going in the, in the I first take that back. Picks, I take that back. If up. he goes to the Lions, he might not hit a thousand yards. Yeah, he goes to the Lions. He ain't but doing that's that. not his fault. 
But no, I got you. I, I and just, yet you want I just him. want to know. I just want to know where we're at for consistency's sake. So, I have really talked a ton about two guys that I think are going to way outperform their draft slot, and that's Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle, currently going in the teens, pretty much everywhere. Literally three linemen ahead of him, I think. Yeah, three linemen ahead of him consistently. Three linemen ahead of him, which is crazy to me. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be insane compared to his uh, draft position. What is insane for compared to his draft position for you? He's going to top top ten back in the NFL. Yards rushing. I think he's going to be a top ten back in the NFL. He's going to be Zag Center. So what? What's that in today's day and age? Top thirteen hundred yards rushing? Well, it's not all about stats. I mean, everyone's situation on their team is different. I mean, you know that. I mean, so I don't know. I, look, I'd like to hear some sort of numbers so look from at, you. Look at look at a guy like Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's he didn't have the most insane eye popping stats last season on a shit team and also banged up, but he's absolutely a top five back in the NFL. I mean, he's not even look at Le'Veon Bell is another one. What did Le'Veon Bell have for stats last year? He's a top ten back. No, is nothing. He not? He's on the Jets. Do you think he's a top ten back in the NFL? I, I think he used to be. You don't think he's a top ten back right now? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't think that you're off hurt him. My fantasy team sure didn't think so. Year off might have hurt him, but. Again, my my point is though, he's an elite back. I think, in my opinion, still, and the team he played for hurt his production. So, but no, I think Jonathan Taylor will be a top ten back in the NFL at the price of nothing. By what year three? And I so and I guess more than that even. So the reason I'm so hype about Taylor is he has both an insane ceiling and a wildly high floor. Like there's no. With him, it's not like him not panning out is being an elite rotation back. Like him busting out is being an elite rotation back, and you can't say that about many players. Like it's and his his ceiling is, is legitimate, legitimately like a like a one of the best backs in the NFL, maybe the best back in the NFL. Like that's his ceiling. Now, I don't think he's going to hit his ceiling. Players don't really, but he has the tools. Like he can be absolutely batshit insane. So, but anyways, I already talked about them a lot. I'll talk about the people I'm pessimistic on, and there's a handful. Uh, the first one, and I am sick of hearing about him. I really am. Um, and if the Lions, it would be such a Lions thing to take him. Oh, my God. Derek Brown, dude. Derek Brown is going to go in the top ten, and this is budget snacks in the NFL in 2020. Like... This is not Endomican Sue coming out of college. This is not Aaron Donald coming out of college. Yet he is projected to go higher than Aaron Donald did. Why, I cannot fathom. He was elite in college and great at his job. But he is literally budget snacks. Damon Snacks Harrison, for those who are not following along. And I'm going to give him a top 10 pick on, in 2020 in the NFL that... Run stopping is not going to win you a Super Bowl. You look at the 2014 Lions that had a historically good run stopping defense and didn't mean jack shit. Because it doesn't if you can't stop people from passing and crush the passer. Not that there's not a role for those guys, but I'm not taking him in number seven overall because his ceiling, I just talked about ceiling, his ceiling is Snacks Harrison. Like, that's who he can be as a player. Great. I'm not taking that at number seven. 
especially when he might wash out in the league in five years. And I don't think he will. I think he's going to be a good player. But you don't take, like, okay defensive tackles that can only play two downs in the top ten. You don't do that. It's about value, and it's a dumb pick. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Lions end up drafting Derek Brown, and I will have a goddamn aneurysm. Drafting is hard. I mean, it is. And that's why you have to maximize. Not according to my latest that's, not draft. <laughs> well, you but you don't, you don't know. Like, I got it all figured <laughs> out. In five years, that mock mock draft might look terrible. And that's why it's so important to get Damn, you took Jonathan Taylor? I knew that was a bad idea. It is so important (laughs) to maximize value in the draft, get as many day one and two picks as possible, top three round picks, and get good value. Because no matter how good of a talent evaluator you are, it's really hard, and you're still not hitting on half your picks. So if you get higher percentage picks and you get good value, the numbers will work themselves out. They will. That's why you have to get value. So don't take a quarterback that you don't need in number three. And don't take a cornerback in number three or number five, even though they're probably going to. I mean, So if I was predicting what the Lions are going to do, which I said I wasn't going to do, but if I had to, I think they are going to trade Miami and then take Okuda. I, I think like that's what I would will probably happen. But I don't know. I have no idea. It's a complete crapshoot. Projecting trades is even dumber. Matt, did you say what your dream was for the Lions? What? So I think you're the one. I don't think you ever got to say what your dream was for the Lions this year. I think it derailed when Ryan got to his turn. Uh, My dream for the Lions is to have Martha Ford. In the draft. Stop. In the Stop. (laughs) Stop. Stop. What is your dream scenario? Matt said, let's go Corona. (laughs) Dream scenario that is also on the tape, like, is realistic. And morally responsible. No, I don't care if it's morally responsible. It can be reprehensible. It doesn't matter. Well, that's where he was going. Uh, (laughs) Corona will take care of that. Considering I don't think anything of this regime whatsoever with the Lions, my dream scenario is the Lions stockpile draft picks, trade back, trade back. What? What's the problem? Realistic. This is realistic. We clearly have a connection with the Patriots. I don't know if you've noticed this. But we clearly have a connection with the Patriots. And the Patriots love making draft day trades. So Yeah, but they never trade picks. up. Yes, because they've always had Tom Brady and weapons. They yeah. have neither right That's now. True. That's so true. this might be a year they want to actually trade up. And Belichick might flip the script. And we get a whole bunch of later picks and continue to build a young team that could be something in a few years, continue to crap out with this team, trade Stafford to Dallas and let them have a chance out there, and next year we suck ass and we end up with Sunshine. A.K.A. I, Trevor Lawrence. You, you, you ignored dream. everything I asked you to do. I usually do. All I wanted <laughs> you to do was have a real scenario. That's all I wanted. I don't see how this is not real. I, I think it's I think it's realistic that the Patriots could possibly trade up. I don't think the Patriots are trading up to three. We're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Oh no no no. Yeah, no. I no, also well, don't on. think hang that's on. true no, either. No, we will we'll do the trade with Miami and get down to five, and then we'll trade that pick to get down even lower with the Patriots, and the Patriots can end up with a you know a top fifteen pick or so, and we have a whole bunch of late first round, early mid late second rounds. Yeah, but you, you, I mean, you're talking about trading back to 23 with the Patriots. Which there's not Jonathan many. Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, and they can have a battle at camp for who's better. <laughs> I, I talked about all this before. Just cut one. <laughs> yep. I was super clear on this. I, I really was. 
I wanted us to trade everything this year for next year. I wanted us to amass picks for next year's draft. And tell Stafford, I don't give a shit what you want to do. You're not playing football this year. You're going to get your back healthy because we are tanking the fuck out of this season. And we might get the first round pick just by tanking. And if we don't, we're going to have a really high pick. And we're also going to have 50 other picks to trade with. And we will do whatever it takes to get Sunshine. Then sit him for a year behind Stafford to learn, a la Patrick Mahomes. Then trade Stafford for a can of pop, whatever, depending on the year. Depends on what we'll get in return. Probably won't be that much. We could get probably a second round pick at that point, maybe. Um, And that's it. Now you got your, you have a million picks. You got your... Hopefully yeah, but you're also assuming that that future. team that ends up with the number one pick next year is willing to trade off of it with Trevor Lawrence sitting there. Like, that's a major so assumption. So, it is absolutely fact that nobody and nothing is untradeable. It is all about price. And if you amass enough picks, with that being your singular goal, I mean, there's no... So, if you have the fifth overall pick and you are offering that plus two other first and two second rounders, which it wouldn't even take that. It would. I'm just being absurd. No, no team in the universe, no matter how much they like that player one, is going to turn that down. There is no, no untradeable asset in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is not untradeable. It's not. It doesn't exist. There is a price on everything. Now, that price might not be realistic. I mean, you might literally have to trade an entire NFL roster of players to get a Patrick Mahomes, but... There is a price on everything. So if you stockpile enough assets and make sure that your pick is high, I mean, the goal is to just have the number one pick. Then you don't have to give anything up. Then you can take him and a buttload of other players. But you make damn well sure that just in case, just in case Jeff Driscoll, who we're bringing back for the purpose of tanking, just in case he wins more games than you thought he was going to win. Chase Daniel, you mean? No, we're cutting him. We're tanking. We're not going to have a competent backup. So you sign him to a three-year deal to tank. <laughs> well, I'm I'm being absurd like mad. I'm telling you what we should do, not what we will do. Do you guys buy any of the quarterbacks that are not named Joe Burrow or um, Jesus Tua? Christ, Tua? Tua? Yeah. Yeah, I love Jordan Love. So I don't. Do. I do. Get him in. I think it depends get him in go. Pittsburgh. Get him love... in Green Bay. <laughs> Yeah, if Jordan Love goes to the Chargers, no, I'm not buying it. Jordan Love ends up sitting on the bench for the Saints for a couple of years, yeah, I'm buying it. I think it's ironic that Ryan likes Jordan Love when Jordan Love is Josh Allen. What, what I what if you would have asked me this question last year, my answer would have been Jake Fromm. But I think he proved this year that he might be Mason Rudolph or worse. Who? <laughs> Who'd you say? Jake Fromm. Oh, uh, from Georgia, like he oh, was, I'm, I, I really liked him. So what's crazy like, is before this year, he was not that good this year. From ran off two quarterbacks from Georgia, and they're both better than him. It's amazing. Like Georgia would have been better with either Eason or Justin Fields this year, and they were stuck with Fromm, who ran them off. It's just hilarious, and it's absolutely what they deserve. Seriously, extended this podcast for, for the way we need to. Ryan, do the thing. Hey, so make sure that you guys are following us on Twitter at Sports Carnage Podcast, on Facebook, Sports Carnage Podcast. Uh, you can find us on your podcast websites, Podbean, 
Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. But we will be there. You can follow us on YouTube as well. And then we will be coming back to you next week, uh, next Thursday, which will actually be draft night. And we're going to get all, all hyped up for that. Don't know what the show's going to be next week yet, but we'll, we'll have something for you. We're working on it for you. For Ryan Griffin, for Paul Roshan, for AJ Riley, I'm Matt Bass, and we are Sports Carnage. Thank you for spending another couple hours with us tonight. We'll be back with you all next week right before the NFL draft.